And it is Monday here on WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden with you if you would like to be part of today's program. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-WABC. 800-848-9222. And we have had a busy weekend. I have more stacks of news than I will possibly be able to get to. Some of it good. Uh, but let's start with a feud that is going on between a Democrat and a Republican. And this one, perhaps more Republicans will side with the Democrat. Perhaps. The story comes from American Wire News, AmericanWireNews.com. Former Democrat presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard drew attention to what she claimed were United States-backed biolabs in Ukraine, and that evidently drew the ire of Senator Mitt Romney. The Utah Republican called out the former Hawaii congresswoman's, he said, treasonous lies in a tweet. He accused Tulsi Gabbard of parroting false Russian propaganda. Tulsi Gabbard is parroting false Russian propaganda, Romney tweeted. Her treasonous lies may well cost lives. Her lies will cost lives. Mm -hmm. Now, he didn't specifically note what had triggered him, but his outburst came soon after Tulsi Gabbard had tweeted that, according to the U.S. government, these bio labs are conducting research on dangerous pathogens. These pathogens, she said, no, no borders. They are inadvertently or purposely breached or compromised. They will quickly spread all throughout Europe and the United States and the rest of the world, causing untold suffering and death. She also noted that it wasn't a partisan issue. Well, that's when Romney went off on her. Now, on Twitter... People, of course, jumped in immediately. One of them, Kurt Schlichter, that's Lieutenant Colonel Gabbard to you, responding to Mitt Romney. I don't need to hear one damn word from anyone in your non-serving family about patriotism. And even though I, and even, I don't even agree with her. But at least she and I served, unlike you and your entire family of free riders. We'll both say whatever we want. Jerk. He had another one. <laughs> so many people responded to uh, Senator Mitt Romney. One, another tweet said, I'm a Republican and I trust at Tulsi Gabbard over a spineless pansy like you every single time, Mitt Romney. And... Others question his use of treason. Seriously, get a grip. Now, Tulsi Gabbard herself has responded to Mitt Romney's criticism. In a series of posts, she doubled down on her claim, said Romney should prove that it isn't true, and that if he can't prove that it isn't true, he should apologize and resign from the Senate. Well, we do now. I don't know about the United States admitting that there were bio labs there, but on March eighth, Under Secretary 
of state, Victoria Newland, was questioned by Florida Senator Marco Rubio about labs in the Ukraine. And this is how that brief exchange went. Does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. I'm sure you're aware that the Russian propaganda groups are already putting out there all kinds of information about how they've uncovered a plot by the Ukrainians to release biological weapons in the country and with NATO's coordination. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100 percent it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning. What they're planning to do. That was, again, uh, Undersecretary Victoria Nolan. Now, what was not admitted to, if it ha- it is true, is that these are United States-backed biolabs, but Undersecretary of State... For political affairs, Victoria Newland did, did, to some extent, back Tulsi Gabbard's claim that there are bio labs in Ukraine, and we know what bio labs work on. I think there's a bio lab in Wuhan. Yes. Meanwhile, Jill Biden has weighed in. I'm sorry, that would be Doctor Jill Biden. Dr. Biden says that uh, her heart aches like all of ours. The senselessness of the Russian war in Ukraine is staggering. Sick kids fleeing on makeshift medical trains, the unthinkable bombing of a maternity ward. And she goes on to say how senseless all of this is. Now, remember the Russians said that that incident with the maternity ward didn't happen. Today, there's an AP story out of Maripol. A pregnant woman and her baby have died after Russia bombed the maternity hospital where she was meant to give birth, the Associated Press has learned. Images of the woman being rushed to an ambulance on a stretcher had circled around the world, epitomizing the horror of an attack on humanity's most innocent. So, that story was true. It was not, as the Russians claimed, propaganda. The woman and her baby now have died. Due to Russian bombs that hit a maternity ward. And this is not the only incident where Russians have been targeting, apparently, civilians. Juan Williams has a column, our friend Juan Williams. <laughs> that Biden, Joe Biden, President Biden, must rebut GOP attacks on the war. Juan says the wildest GOP attack against Biden now is to blame him for starting the war. 
Have you heard Republicans say that, Joe, you started the war? No. What you've heard Republicans saying because of Joe Biden's weakness, 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 that that is what happened. Now, one specifically attacked Senator Ron Johnson, who, by the way, I saw over the weekend he did a fundraiser that uh, I attended. And Ron Johnson said, I don't think Vladimir Putin would have moved on Ukraine were it not for the weakness displayed, certainly by the Biden administration, but by the West in general. Now, that is not blaming Joe Biden, Juan. That is blaming the weakness of the Biden administration, for sure. But he did not say that Biden started the war. We all know who started the war. Russia did. But why is the issue? And I don't think anyone can doubt that the Biden administration has been weak. Oil has now tumbled more than 8%. It is below $100 a barrel. That happened earlier today. And that is because there are talks ongoing between Russia and Ukraine, as well as new lockdowns due to COVID in China, which may affect supply. There's a criminal story in one of these states, where is it? Houston, that's right. Guys pulled up in a black van, sat over the underground tanks and siphoned off a thousand gallons of gas from a family-owned gas station. As the crime wave in America, especially in blue cities, continue, and we will have more about that crime wave a little bit later in the program. There are, of course, endless stories turning the page to other matters, as there are every day about sexuality and gender throughout the news and in the news cycle. Now, this is pretty sick. I texted this story over to our princess of policy, Diana Mee, earlier today, and her response was just classic and summed it all up. A French mother of two has created a first-time sex starter kit with her 16-year-old son. And that 16-year-old starter kit includes a guide to foreplay and a guide to sex acts. This is a mother and son production with a 16-year-old boy. You want to talk about grooming anybody? By the way, the left is all upset with the word grooming. That's the story I'll get to. But the Princess of Policy had one reaction, summed it up in a few words. What is wrong with these people? And that's what all of us have been wanting to know about members of the left. What is wrong with these people? Now, there was a huge article by Monica Hess over the weekend in the Washington Post. Fans of Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill have a new favorite word. Grooming. It's supposed to make you think teachers talking about LGBTQ issues in front of young kids is creepy. Um, Miss Hess, I had news for you. 
teachers talking about LGBTQ issues and heterosexual issues and sex acts in front of young kids is creepy. And the fact that you are so desensitized to it makes us wonder, what's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Political operatives, she says, in Florida are aware, as anyone, that language is a powerful tool. Yeah, that's language like don't say gay even though it's not in the bill. So now she says that conservatives have responded with their own unofficial branding of the don't say gay bill and that that bill is oh boy. The bill includes the bill that liberals inaccurately call don't say gay would be more accurately described as the anti-grooming bill. That's what Ron DeSantis' press secretary said last week, and that took off. The anti-grooming bill language took off all over the country, and that is why Ms. Hess has written this article. She and other liberals are just amazingly upset. They're also upset with the reaction that came last week after... Video resurfaced. This was video that was around for a while, but it resurfaced in the news last week of Pete Buttigieg's husband, Chasen, reciting a pledge to the rainbow flag. And some people, TV hosts, have said Pete Buttigieg's husband is a groomer. Now, this has the liberals going beyond repair. They don't like this language, grooming. And what they're saying is anti-grooming has become a buzzword in the anti-gay politics. It's not anti-gay, by the way. It's pro-children politics. Pro-keep this sexualization, this overt sexualization away from young children. That's what this is about. And so the, the left is now upset over the word grooming. Well, good luck with that. We've been upset for a long time with your calling everything the right does anti-gay. Because we're not anti-anything. We are pro-morals. We are pro-good values. We are pro-wanting to see children grow up in a healthy environment. And you people have distorted the language on the left for years. So you know what? You don't like the term grooming? Well, gee, that's just too bad. Because I guarantee you, that now that we know you don't like the word grooming, we are going to use it more often. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, WABC Talk Radio 77. We are coming back with more right after this. ABC. Talk Radio 77. You know, this is a story that ought to just bring home to all of us what is truly out of phase in this city. The on the run stabber who attacked two employees at New York's MoMA. Now, that for out-of-towners is the Museum of Modern Art. 
on Saturday is now taunting cops on Instagram. So we have an on-the-run stabber who actually stabbing people at a museum in New York, one of New York's finest and best-known museums, a museum that is known where tourists come from all around the world to visit, MoMA. And police know who he is because the reason he went on a stabbing tear and stabbed two employees was because his membership was revoked. Gary Cabana, 60, stabbed two 24-year-old museum employees on Saturday at 4 p.m. after having his membership to the museum revoked. He fled the scene. He remains at large. And he's making no effort to keep a low profile. He's on Instagram. He's on Facebook. He's taunting investigators. In response to a person in the comments section of his Instagram page, he said every person picked up in New York City has at least 30 priors. It's a freaking revolving door of justice. He also says that even if they catch me, he says this is an example of this is a perfect example of how effed up our justice system is in the United States of America. Even if I turn myself in in New York City, New York City has no bail provisions. So I would walk in the front door, and a couple of hours later, I'll be back on the street. Be glad I'm in the Honduras. Lots of bad hombres here. Now, obviously, that's meant to throw police off. But here's a guy making fun of, and he stabbed two people in one of the the most famous museums in the world. He's on social media, using the social media platform to mock police and to also point out that in New York, even if he does get caught, even if they catch me, I'm going to be released on bail. I'm going to be back out walking the streets in a few hours. No problem. No problemo. Well, on Saturday... Police Commissioner, New York's Police Commissioner, Keith Chance Sadwell, says the criminal justice reform law that took effect in 2020, I think that's definitely part of the thinking that needs to change. She says there are absolutely some things that have to be adjusted. She said all of this on WABC Radio's John Katsimatidis show on Sunday. She also seemed, it says, seemed, and this is all being reported by the Daily Mail UK, seemed criminalization of quality of life crimes. Entire categories of serious crimes that we can no longer make an arrest for, Sewell told John Katsimatidis, we can only issue a summons. We used to have discretion in the past, now we don't even have that. And as a result, here's what you get. You get 60-year-old guys with their membership to the museum can't revoke. They jump over. They jump over the furniture, stab two 24-year-old employees. The guy goes on social media, brags about it, makes fun of the police, makes fun of the judicial system, and says, hey, we're so effed up here. Even if I turn myself in, I'm going to be back on the streets. Thank you. This is what it's like living in liberal Democrat New York a place where Democrats make the rules. This is what life is like.
you would think that every Democrat on the city council of New York would be embarrassed. They are not. You would think that everybody that voted for these Democrats on the city council who implemented these horrific laws would be embarrassed. They are not. And what is happening in New York is happening around the country because liberal prosecutors, liberal, oh, by the way, speaking of that, there's a big propaganda article in, I think it's either WAPO, the Amazon Prime Washington Post, or the New York Times, one of them, I think, about how, oh, Merrick Garland, oh, he's so committed Merrick Garland wants to wants to reform the Department of Justice. Oh, he wants the highest standards. It's a bunch of propaganda bull. This is the guy, don't forget, that was okay with the Department of Justice labeling parents concerned about their children's education domestic terrorists just months ago. So spare us the puff piece articles on Merrick Garland because we... The thinking people of America do not believe them for one second. Here's a story I'm going to put aside for Mark Stein tomorrow. Mark Stein is with us tomorrow, 415. One of the stories I'm going to put aside for Mark Stein is something that happened in the Cayman Islands and the Bermuda. They're both part of the Commonwealth, eh? And in the Commonwealth Islands of Cayman and the island of Bermuda, Same-sex marriage has been denied. It went to an appeals court in London, and they said, Nyet, nada. I want to talk to Mark tomorrow, see how this happens. In the meantime, Tom Brady is unretiring. He is being roasted on Twitter, too. Six weeks ago, announced he's retiring. The GOAT, greatest of all time quarterback. But now he says, no, 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 never mind. I'm going to be playing with with, uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers again. And, boy, the jokes are flying. People are saying, yep, Tom Brady, I'm unretiring so I can spend less time with my family. He is just. uh, A lot of people on Twitter joking the decision came after Tom Brady actually did spend time with his family and apparently spent too much time with them. So. Oh, yes. Your calls are coming up. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Boatsnerd. We are off to a blazing start on this Monday. Join us, please. The Miracles. That's The Miracles without Smokey Robinson. Bill Griffin is the lead singer. Yeah, mm-hmm. Guess who is in the psych ward, ladies and gentlemen? Why? It's Juicy. Jussie. Jussie Schmarlett. He's being held in the psych ward at Chicago jail, and his brother is wigging. The 39-year-old Empire actor, who remains at the Cook County Jail after being sentenced for five months behind bars for staging a hate crime, was thrown into the psych ward. And his brother claims, get this, that it's a paperwork snafu. Really? 
They don't know what they're doing. It's an accident that his brother's in the psych ward, you see. What's very concerning is that there was a note attached to the paperwork today, and it said on the front of his jail cell that he's a risk of self-harm. His brother's name is Jacques, if I'm pronouncing it right. J-O-C-Q-U-I. Jacques. Jacques Smollett. Jacques Smollett. I just want to make it clear to folks that he is in no way, shape, form, at risk to self-harm, and he wants to let folks know that he's very stable. Oh, yeah, we saw how stable he was the other day after he got sentenced. Really stable there, buddy. Uh Uh-huh. And he's very healthy, and he's ready to take on the challenge that has ultimately been put up against him. Don't drop the soap. That's not right, Jacques Smollett. This is a complete lack of justice. Now, there's another story. That was from, from the New York Post. There's another story in Newsweek. Jesse Smollett's brother says there is absolutely no evidence of a hoax. And so he's still litigating the case. He says, y'all blindly believe in our criminal justice system so much that you think a guilty verdict means the crime was committed. Get that. Imagine that. We're the stupid ones. We actually think if a person was found guilty, that means they were found guilty. There's absolutely no evidence linking Jushy to staging his own hate crime besides the testimony of the two brothers. That's not litigation. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Well, you know what? He's still in the psych ward, isn't he? So you can litigate this all you want. He's still in the psych ward. Don't drop the soap. Um, Director Jane Champion has publicly apologized to Venus, Serena Williams. She made the the 67-year-old director, who I've never heard of before, today was making her an acceptance speak at the Critics' Choice Awards on Sunday, which I never watch and never would watch and never have watched and never will watch. She um, she said something to the effect that um, the the that the women's that that the, 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 the Venus and her sister Serena whatever they've never had to go up against they've never had to play against the guys like she's had to directing film and and of course everybody's like why is she minimalizing the achievements of Venus and Serena. So now she's at she's backtracking, saying how much her remarks were, you know, her remarks were off base. Last thing she ever wanted to do was minimalize minimize the remarkable women. I love Serena and Venus. Their accomplishments are titanic and inspiring. That's why you were making fun of them. So she was the hero the day before because she was calling out Sam Elliott over remarks he made about that movie, Power of the Dog. You may have heard that story last week. Anyway, Hollywood, it always gets old. Let's go to the phones. Okay, so we will start with George in Mount Sinai. Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden. George, how are you? Good. I'll just tell you real quickly, and I hope you'll comment. 45 years ago at St. John's University in Jamaica, I was taking an advanced quantitative statistics course, and we had a professor visiting from mainland China. In those days, Red China was really a third-world country. And he ends the lecture by going, gentlemen, uh, it was mostly men in the class, he goes, every one million people 
There's like 1.2 geniuses. Since we have a billion people, we will have more geniuses than most Western countries. We also have a homogeneous population. We're hyper-focused on our goals. We have a, 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 a strong work ethic, and I believe eventually we will be a dominant power. I advise you guys all to take Mandarin, which became the national language. Only the peasants spoke uh, Cantonese and some people in um, Hong Kong. And he left the room laughing, and most of the guys were laughing. He goes, he's crazy. It's a third-world country. All you get from there is firecrackers and junk. Unfortunately... I think the old professor may be right. We're weak in this country. We're at each other's throat. And I, will, I believe, I hope I'm wrong, that they will be the dominant power in the world. It's a matter of time, and I don't know how we're going to stop them with the present leadership we have. That's all I want to say. I, I don't know if you want to comment on it. I do. You've said a mouthful, and thank you. There's no question that China is going to be a power in the world. Now, whether they will be the dominant power in the world, I don't know, because China does one thing that the United States doesn't do. Well, at least didn't do. And that is they are an oppressive communist government. And they are still, even though they have embraced capitalism when they find it convenient to make money, they are still an oppressive government. They still are oppressive to um, open, open um, following, following religion. You cannot openly follow the religion of your choice in China. Ask the Falun Gong about that. Ask the Uyghurs. They will crush you. Now, China, interestingly enough, has gone back on their one-child policy because right now in China there is a shortage of, guess what, girls. And so in order to keep their population strong, they have now gone back on that horrible policy of enforcing how many children each family could have. China is still a communist nation. And that is the biggest drawback, no matter how powerful they get. Now, what have you said on the true side of the equation? They take education much more seriously than we do. They don't have this, these, these endless debates about equality and making sure that the playing field is level for everybody. No. Children that come out of school that are gifted in a certain role are pushed in that role. And those that are not, they don't bother to try to push them there. Find something else to do. Be a peasant. They honor in the Chinese society, even in the communist society, there is a certain degree of honoring people on the merit, not quotas. Now, that may have something to do with them being a more homogeneous society than ours. They are certainly not entirely homogeneous anymore because they've had to trade with the West. China has also also bought up a terrific amount of United States debt vis-a-vis treasuries. If they try to sink us economically with those treasury bonds, they sink their own economy. You know, Russ used to talk about a conversation he had with President Bush back in the day, Bush 43, where President Bush 43 was talking about what China had to do in order to satisfy and keep the domestic tranquility in their own country. They had to find jobs for all the people that were fleeing the agricultural lands and moving into the city, and that was some astronomical number each year. China has their own internal problems, and we should never, ever realize, never ever get to the point where we think they're stronger than us 
simply because in certain aspects they seem to have a more functioning society than ours. When it comes to education, certainly they do. I'm not going to be like Obama and start touting the Chinese um, wherewithal and innovation. Obama went over there, was so fascinated by the trains and by everything else. Oh, we came over back to America. Oh, we should be more like China. No, we should unleash American productivity. We should get the government out of a way, out of the way of American businessmen and American innovators. No one can out innovate America when we take the shackles off of our people. The problem is that China has taken the shackles off of their people, at least when it comes to manufacturing. They don't care how many pollutants they put in the air. They're going to make those damn Apple watches, those iPhones, and anything else that they can make out of those factories. And all this talk about global warming, this global warming, that today, just today, House Democrats are urging Joe Biden. This is a story in the Washington, the Amazon Prime, Washington Post. House Democrats are urging Joe Biden to restart the spending bill negotiations. But this time, but this time, Joe, this time you got to make climate change your priority. I guarantee you there's nobody in the Chinese Politburo that's telling Chairman Z, hey, Z, you got to make climate change your priority. That person would be let out somewhere and sent to their version of Siberia. They're going to manufacture. They're going to keep that economic engine over there going. We are bogged down in our own way between the progressives, the environmentalists, and every the, the, the OSHA regulations that are put on our businesses. Look what American business, look what these governors, these Democrat governors did to American businessmen and women. Small businesses and large, they intentionally crippled them, and they kept them crippled. And in many cases, they, they forced Americans out of business. China is not doing that to their people. We're doing that. Democrats and progressives are doing that here. So I don't believe that China is going to be the dominant force in the world if America gets its act together. And getting our act together means getting rid of these liberals and these progressives from positions of power so that we can unleash the might and the righteous might of the American people. We will be the superpower of the world if we do that. That's my thought. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, on 77 WABC. Patrick's Day, right? To celebrate St. Patrick's Day this Thursday, 77 WABC, we'll be giving away free, limited edition, 77 WABC St. Patrick's Day. Get it out, James. St. Patrick's Day pins. So you want a St. Patrick's Day pin? Say that three times fast. What do you do? You go to wabcradio.com slash pin and celebrate St. Patrick's Day with us. That's wabcradio.com slash pin. Go there. Pick up your free 77 WABC St. Patrick's Day pin. And this Thursday for St. Patrick's Day, co-host of Bernie and Sid in the Morning, Bernie McGurk. And former Congressman Peter King will be hosting from noon until 1 p.m. discussing all things Irish. 
you know, my great-grandmother on my dad's side was Irish. So I got a little Irish in me. Indeed. Okay, let us head back to Z Telephones. And we're going back to Don and East Fish... Each, what is wrong today? East Fishkill, New York. Don, welcome. James Golden with you on WABC. How are you, James? It's a pleasure. I'm well. What's on your mind this afternoon, Don? Okay, I want to start off with Joe Biden owes everybody he knows. Okay. We've heard that about the Biden crime family. What do you have for number two? Well, you know, uh, uh, I haven't seen evidence of Jesse being in jail either. Maybe it's a body double. (laughs) Oh, the comedians are out. Don, thank you so much for your call. We do appreciate it. Let us go to Lynn, Sussex County, New Jersey. I just want to say first, thank you for telling the truth. Thank you. Not much out there. You were talking last week about the gender studies being forced into the school systems and whatnot. Right. Um, A while ago, we heard a report. I don't exactly remember where, but they are trying, the liberals are trying to lower the age of consent to 14, which means our babies are going to be taught that sexuality, no matter what, it's all normal. They're going to add a P to the LBT elemental P. It's going to be pedophilia. Oh, well, okay. Let me just deal with with that. That's a lot. I think that people that are concerned about this bill in Florida have their concerns misplaced. Number one, it is not a target on gay. It is a target on sexuality in any form being discussed to very young children by government agents, meaning teachers. Now, while children are in school, I mean, look, folks, you want to just do simple. Go back when you were in school and you were in the first grade. Was your teacher talking to you about about heterosexuality or homosexuality or anything like that? No. Go back to when you were in the second grade. In second grade, you were improving your reading skills. You were improving your arithmetic skills. You were beginning to learn history and social studies. You were beginning to master penmanship by the time you got to third grade. You weren't worried about, you know, how many daddies or mommies somebody has or what's hanging between someone's legs and what isn't. That stuff wasn't discussed in school. If you had questions like that, mommy, mommy, what's that hanging off that guy's middle leg? And why you, um, Dominus, that's where you ask, you ask your parents. You don't discuss this with your teacher. This stuff was never in schools. And then liberals started saying, okay, we need to teach sex education to everybody because who's stupid to teach sex education to their kids? Okay, fine. So they started sex education in higher grades. And now what are they saying to you? That sex education, according to liberals, is fine in kindergarten and fine in first grade and fine in second grade and third grade. And no, it's not. These teachers have no business teaching young children and trying to indoctrinate them into their views of sexuality. I don't care what those views are. I don't care whether they think homosexuals are wrong. I don't care whether they think they're right. They have no business trying to influence children's sexuality at all while they are at those tender ages. Leave it to the parents. 
But why are they? Why do you have? Why do you have the the rodent kingdom so upset by this? Because the rodent kingdom's employees over at Pixar are raising hell. And one of the things that I read in an article from the rodent kingdoms people over at Pixar, is that they're complaining about other things. And if I have to, I'll dig out the article. They were complaining that every time they put overtly homosexual scenes in some of these animations, that the parent company took them out. Well, why are you putting overtly? This is an agenda. And so that's why they're upset. And I think finally, Ron DeSantis and the people of Florida are saying, heck no, we are not going to have this in our schools. And good for them. And I think the overwhelming majority of parents across America are applauding what's going on in Florida. They're not angry at it. Let us go to Tom in Pelham. Is that Pelham Bay? Is that Pelham 123? Or is that simply Pelham, Tom? That's the town of Pelham in Westchester County. Thank you. What's on your mind this afternoon, Tom? You're welcome. So historical facts are indisputable. We know that Putin made a move on Georgia during the presidency of George W. Bush. We know that Putin made a move on Crimea during the presidency of Barack Obama. And now we know Putin has made a move on Ukraine during the presidency of Joe Biden. Four years he skipped, the four years of the Trump administration. I want to make a point, and the point is this. I believe that President Trump had saved, has saved lives in Ukraine uh, by his strong stance against Putin, in fact, his strong stance against everybody in the world. And that makes him one of the most consequential presidents in the history of the United States of America, if not the world. Think about it. If, and we don't have to, you know, people ask this theoretical question, well, would Putin have done this if Trump was president? We already know for years Trump was president. Putin didn't make any move at all against Ukraine or anywhere else. So, uh, you know, my point is that President Trump uh, is often mocked and often discounted. But the reality is, while he was president, irregardless of what he tweeted and how he conducted himself from time to time, which, you know, was not to, to my liking, but his policies and what he did for the American people are what speaks you know, his actions are what speaks. And, Tom, you have done a brilliant job in framing your argument that President Trump is one of the most consequential presidents, certainly of modern history, perhaps in American history in total. Now, let me just add that to something, because you mentioned the presidency of, uh, of Bush 43. And, by the way, I liked Bush 43. When he was in office, I'm a little bit annoyed at some of the things since then, especially this feud between the Bushes and the Trump. I mean, I can understand to a degree the way that, that Donald Trump dispatched Jeb, Jeb Bush in the primaries I don't think will ever be forgotten. But one of the things that George Bush 43 did when the Space Challenger program, when our, when our, when our space shuttle program, I meant to say, was winding down, George W. Bush began what was supposed to be a short-term reliance on Russian, the Russian space program to take our astronauts back and forth up to the International Space Station. Well, 
under Obama, what was supposed to be a short-term lapse in the space program turned into a longer-term lapse. You remember Obama did not want to put the money there. He wanted to spend that money in other ways, more welfare spending instead of, of course, more money for NASA and changing NASA's role. And NASA was role became more about climate change and social justice than actual space exploration during the Obama years. And so we relied on Russian astronauts, Russian space program again, to ferry our astronauts back and forth. Now, during this conflict, Russians have been making noise that they would leave our astronauts stranded in space. I have never, when when this happened under Bush, I remember thinking to myself, this is a bad idea. We should never depend on anybody but the United States to move our astronauts in and out of space. I remember thinking it was a bad idea then. Let me tell you, folks, it is a bad idea. When we, and if we, are going to continue a manned space program, whether it's to the space station, whether it's to the moon again, whether it's eventually where Elon and the boys want to go and girls up to Mars, one thing for sure, we had better never leave American astronauts in their lives in the hands of any other foreign entity. We owe it to our astronauts to make sure that America is behind them 100% and that we do not have to rely on a, another government, whether it's Russia, China, or anybody else, to secure the safety of American astronauts. It is a despicable sign of weakness, and we should have never done it. Well, I still have stacks of news left, and here we are at the end of the hour. You have to know... Catch at Night is coming up next. And you heard sections of that interview earlier with John Katz and the police commissioner where she's saying that this needs to be reformed, this bail, this senseless bail reformation that has left criminals roaming the streets. We are New York, greatest city in the world, America, the greatest nation humanity has ever witnessed. May God protect and bless each and every one of you and your families. Coming back tomorrow... 4 o'clock each and every weekday at 4 o'clock. God willing, we'll see you tomorrow.